Hey, dear saints, you're listening to Preaching Christ Crucified on Double-Edged Sword. Sermons from Pastor Kilgo, preached at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Lawrence, Kansas. We pray that as you hear God's word, you would be strengthened in faith and love and rejoice in the joy of the Lord's promises and kindness. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Dear saints, in holy baptism, you were signed, you were marked with the holy cross, both upon your forehead and upon your heart, to mark you as one redeemed by Christ the crucified. And one time a year, this cross becomes visible. Now, most of the time, it's just sitting there. We don't see it. We don't walk around seeing the Holy Cross on people's foreheads all the time, but this one day a year, we see it. It's visible. And this cross serves then as a reminder to us, first of our baptism, but also of the cross itself. That the cross is two things. It is the most beautiful of comforts, and it is the most severest of laws. And so we have some reminders for us in conjunction with these crosses that are always sitting on our foreheads, but tonight we can see. Before that, though, to address the, the elephant that sits in the room every Ash Wednesday, we have this reading from the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, where the Lord Jesus instructs us not to disfigure our faces so that we would be seen by others. And so we should, it's always good to make this note. You are free in Christ to have uh, the ashes placed on your forehead. You are free in Christ to not have the ashes placed on your forehead. You should not feel guilty one way or the other. You shall make others feel guilty one way or the other. But this is not a violation of what the Lord commands us in Matthew 5. First and foremost, having ashes placed on your forehead is not fasting. You're not abstaining from anything, particularly food, by having this done to you. Secondly, you're not doing this so that people would be able to see your fasting. What's happening with the Pharisees is they're going around and they're making it very obvious that they're hungry. Now, you know the noise that your stomach makes when you're hungry. Now, just imagine people, around, people walking around making that noise with their mouths. That's what Jesus is pushing back against here. That fasting is good, but not if you're doing it so that you would be seen. Only if you're doing it as a spiritual discipline. And if you want more on this, you can read the newsletter that will come out next month. What then are these crosses actually reminding us of? We've got a little list. The first thing that they're reminding you of is that you are dirt. You're dust. That's the proclamation, in fact, as they're being placed. Remember, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Remember that you are not God. You are his creation. And you are descendant of the man who bears the same name, dirt, Adam. Now, if you don't know this, that's what Adam's name means. He's named dirt. 
because that's what he's taken from. The Lord fashioning him from the dirt of the ground, from the dust of the earth, forming his body and then placing his spirit within him that he would live. That's our descendant. We are descended from dirt. This means then, God being God and we not being God, that we are subject to him. That he has the authority to give us instruction, to give us guidance, to give us commands and laws, and that he expects we follow them. Just as the dirt does not have any say where it's placed by the gardener or the farmer or anybody else for that matter, we do not have any say in what the Lord instructs us for our living. This is our first reminder. You are dirt. But you're also a sinner. That's the next reminder that sits on your forehead. As you look around, you see it on everybody else's. That we have not followed these laws, these commands that the Lord has laid out for us. We are descended from dirt. We are descended from Adam. And that means we also bear his curse, that we are born in sin, that we are born a rebellious people, that we have not loved the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength, that we have not loved our neighbor as ourself. Last night, part of the Shrove Tuesday service is meditation on the commandments. And this comes out of the Beichtspiegel, the confessional mirror, and there's copies on the back table. Consider just the first commandment on this. To whom have I looked for the highest good? Have I doubted God's word and thus committed idolatry by seeking my highest good from other sources? Which one was more important when I made my daily decisions, God or myself? What do I fear? What do I love? What do I trust more than my God? Have good times deluded me into thinking that I am in control? Am I tempted to think that I have God and everything I need when I have money and earthly goods? Have bad times caused me to despair and lose hope and trust in God? Have I doubted God's love for me when I have money problems, loss of possessions, sickness, or injury? Have I been discontent with what God has spoken of himself in Jesus Christ and in the scriptures? Have I put my own notions or the notions of others above what the scriptures say about God? To trust in God above all things is to have faith. Have I thought or done things that have weakened or hurt my faith in God? Have I denied the faith out of indifference or cowardness before acquaintances, relatives, friends, or God? Have I, have, I have God as my Lord over me, what contradicts him in my life? Does my self-consciousness, my pride, my sensitivity, my temper, my dissatisfaction, my laziness, my rights, my fearfulness or weariness with my life contradict God in my life? Have I cursed God and his church? Is it noticeable to others that I am a Christian, baptized, redeemed, made holy, or have I been ashamed of my salvation? And that's just the first commandment. There's nine more of these. 
nine more lists of our transgressions against God's holy will for our lives. We are indeed dirt. We are sinful dirt. But more than that, you're dying. That's because of your sin. We remember this, St. Paul preaches this to us, the wages of sin, the payment that your sin deserves is death. Because you and all humanity has transgressed God's holy will, we die. Now, these are the sins that we see in the mirror. We can see these as well, for example, in the text in 2 Peter. St. Peter preaches to us, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. And so if you are lacking in any respect, in any of these, virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, love, the most terrifying word in Scripture, then you will die. You are dust, and to dust you will return, says God. You're dirt. You're a sinner. You're dying. This is being preached to you on your forehead. This is the severe severity of the preaching of the cross. And if that was all that the cross preached to us, then we really have no business being here. But there is more that the cross preaches and why it also preaches the most beautiful of things, and that is especially when it is Jesus who is hanging on that cross. If my sins give me alarm and my conscience grieve me, let your cross my fear disarm, peace of conscience give me. Help me see forgiveness won by your holy passion. If for me he slays his son, God must have compassion. And so you are dirt, and you are a sinner, and you are dying, but you are also died for. Jesus is not content to leave you in that mess. And so he takes on your flesh, and he takes on your sins, and he takes on your death and your grave. Jesus' grave is where we should be placed. But in his great love for you, he takes your place. He goes there instead, so that you would not have to suffer eternal death. He dies for you. He sheds his blood for you, so that you would be redeemed from death, no longer having to fear it as an enemy. It's conquered, because you are died for. But you're more than just died for. 
you're also forgiven. Because Jesus' blood is the very blood of God, and because it is shed for you, and because it is shed for you as he bears your sins upon the holy cross, that means that you are freed from those accusations. Jesus has taken the full brunt of the Lord's wrath for all of your sins upon himself. And you have that forgiveness, that blessed reality given to you, marked on your forehead in your baptism, and spoken in your ears in the absolution, and placed in your mouths at the Holy Supper. You are covered in his blood, and therefore covered in his forgiveness. You are died for, and you are forgiven, and you are eternal. You are immortal. Jesus does not just die for the temporal consequences of our sin. He doesn't just die to set us at peace with one another. He dies to set us at peace with himself, and with the Father, and with the Holy Spirit. He dies not so that we would inherit an earthly kingdom, but so that we would inherit an eternal kingdom. He dies so that you would be raised. That when you are raised, you are raised perfect and incorruptible and immortal and holy and righteous. And that means immortal. There's a hymn that we sing at the graveside that gets at this in a pretty wonderful way. It's called, This Body in the Grave We Lay. You can imagine there's a reason we only sing this at the graveside. The second stanza says this, And so to earth we now entrust what came from dust and turns to dust, and from the dust shall rise that day in glorious triumph or decay. And so, dear saints, this is being preached to you on your forehead, that you are dust, that you are a sinner, that you are dying, that you are dust and to dust you shall return, but you will not stay in the dust. Your Lord Jesus will come back and he will raise you from that dust on the last day in order to dwell with him for all eternity, in his glorious splendor. Because though you are dust, though you are a sinner, though you are dying, you are also died for. And you are forgiven. And you are immortal. In Jesus' name, amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to Preaching Christ Crucified on Double-Edged Sword, sermons by Pastor Kilgo at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Lawrence, Kansas. We'd like to invite you to join us for church, Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. 
We also have Bible study at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings and at other times throughout the week. Please visit our website at redeemer-lawrence.org for more information. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.